On this episode of Resi Week, a design connection at CD Expo, Google is continuing the conversation, and TP Vision and BMW make a TV. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week episode 125, Continued Conversations. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron and by Daylight, the leading producer of high-quality projection screens worldwide. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by Joe Whitaker. He is the president of The Thoughtful Home, The Thoughtful Restaurant, The Thoughtful Bake Shop, The Thoughtful Bait and Tackle <laughs> Shop, The Thoughtful 7-Eleven. Yes. Have you started anything else recently? Um, uh, funny you say that. So we, we are looking at uh, the uh, Thoughtful Outdoors, which is uh, technology for hunters, fishermen, outdoors, sporting. Um, that of is course. on the list. So it's funny. <laughs> I've been sitting on that one for a couple of weeks, so I had to had to get Nicely it out there. Done. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Tim, uh, we also have Tim Albright. He is the founder of Aviation. How are you, sir? I am well, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I feel like I haven't talked to you in days. Weeks, actually. I know. It's been crazy. We've, we've all been gallivanting around like crazy. All right, gentlemen, let's jump into our first story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems. CD Expo has announced the debut of the Design Connection program. What this is is a new platform that will unite technology integrators with design and construction professionals in order to create further collaborations and partnerships. What this means is in September uh, in San Diego for CD Expo 2018, you will have the opportunity to uh, essentially go to a design connection pavilion, which is a area of the show floor that is going to showcase some kitchen and bath brands that are using connected product or sorry, connected technology in their products. They're also going to host uh, the, the trade show is going to host some connect design connection tours that will allow you uh, designers and integrators to, to go on a, a, a guided tour, seeing some specific products and, and manufacturers and go around and, and, and network and look at some really cool things. Uh, Joe, let me start with you on this because you are an integrator and you work within, you know, those design communities as well. When we look at this, this is, this has been a big part of the, the strategic plan for Cedia. Joe and I are both on the board. We, we know all about this strategic plan, but this is something that, you know, integrators have been trying to do forever is get themselves and their products in front of designers and, and construction professionals to assist, you know, them understanding why we're needed, why we're a value partner for them. We've been looking at, you know, not, not we as the board, but you and I as integrators, we've been looking at this kind of opportunity for a long time. Infocom's kind of gone down this road with their show, uh, or Avixa has with the Infocom show, uh, where they're inviting more end users. Cedia has been doing this at the expo for the last couple of years, but this is the first time it's really kind of culminated in this type of application. How big of a deal is it that we're finally seeing, uh, you know, an actual program in place? 
for designers to, to, to come to an expo and see some of this technology? Well, it's, it's huge. Um, but one of the things to kind of understand is, uh, you, know, you know, you've seen some things and some questions out there when this was announced. This has been a little while coming um, mm-hmm. where CD has already, uh, you know, participated in um, the Kitchen and Bath Week, you know, uh, the a National Association of Home Builders stuff. Uh, Dennis and I were at HD Expo for Hospitality Design um, in Vegas. This has kind of been a buildup within a very good strategic partnership between Cedia and uh, Emerald Expositions. That, that, that has been kind of big in that a buildup for the first time ever to bring architects, designers, and some mass media. Don't, don't think that you might not see um, Better Homes and Gardens as one of the media uh, representation inside those tour groups. Yeah. Um, and then also the kitchen and bath, the pavilion is a good turnaround of CDA having its pavilion at their event. Um, because we are starting to see uh, th- the importance of that crossover and the understanding happening. Um, you know, th- these things actually working together and talking together, we now all realize that we need to work together but to be able to do that, it has to be presented in a way that, that is consumable. Um, the tour, um, I'm not going to try to drop too much information on that because um, some of it has to be a surprise. <laughs> but there will be two tour guides. Um, you might or might not be looking at one of them. Um, and the tour has, has a very specific theme component to it where you have, you know, the larger builders or architects and designers and some of the mass publication people given a tour on the trade show floor through the eyes of an integrator. Why, you know, this brand could fit and why architects may need to keep their eye on motorized and ceiling mounts from Nexus 21 or shades from screen, uh, shade innovation by screen innovations or um, these other products that are handpicked and selected that have impl- impl- implications for both the integrator and for the designer and architect. Mm-hmm. So that these thoughts can start way early on inside the actual design portion of a project, which is something, Matt, you and I know we want that. We yeah. need that. And it could be a much better end result if that happened all the time. So that's kind of the thing is start getting these minds moving so that we can do that. Very good. Tim, the, the question I wanted to pose to you on this was you don't really know the, the resi AV space the way that Joe and myself do. Uh, you come to it from a press standpoint. You've never really worked in it that extensively. So you have a different take on this. But the, the big thing that I'm curious about is how much change do you expect to see on the show floor with this, you know, opening up to interior designers and builders and, you know, some of the national press that may or may not have been there in the past. We saw this at, at Infocom 18 this year where end users were everywhere and there was some pushback. Do you expect to, you like the way I just kind of danced around that one? Uh, 
do you expect to see some of that at CD Expo? Uh, pushback uh, from, from the, new, the new attendees. I think it depends on the qualifications and, and the qualified leads that manufacturers get. Now, let's be, be clear about what manufacturers are looking for. They're looking for qualified leads. They're not looking for just bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and regardless of whether it's Infocom or it's ISC or Cedia or CES, yeah, CES is a bad example, but um, <laughs> yes, it's pretty much anybody with a pulse can, can get in there. But um, as long as these are qualified leads, I was actually talking with a couple of manufacturers who happen to exhibit at both Infocom and, and Cedia. And I asked them that question. I said, what do you expect this year? And a lot of them don't know. They, they really don't know what to expect. Um, a lot of them are, are positive. They're very, very optimistic about you know, Emerald, uh, the new owner of, of the CDS show, Emerald bringing um, new blood and new attendees to, to the show. Question, though, that each of them has is, is the qualification, these qualified leads. Now, this can be a homeowner could absolutely be a qualified lead because this is somebody who can walk around uh, the show floor at CD in San Diego and go, oh, yeah, this looks interesting. Oh, I never knew that this existed. Talking with their integrator and walking alongside them or maybe mm-hmm. getting ideas without having an integrator tied to them. It can also be a qualified, they can be an architect like, like Joe talked about, really kind of understanding and wrapping their head around what a connected home should look like and can look like and the possibilities that are out there that may, again, they may or may not have, have ever been exposed to. But the bottom line for the, the manufacturers who are exhibiting this year because this is the first year that Emerald has that has the show is going to be the, the quality of the leads that they have. And honestly, from what I'm being told is this year will, will dictate the future participation for a number of these manufacturers, because if they're not qualified leads, if they're simply just bodies walking through and, and picking up, you know, the free swag that people have, then they may, they may not be back the next year. But if they are honest to goodness, you know, good qualified leads that these manufacturers can go back to and start building relationships with folks that they may not have had ex- been exposed to before, it, it'll be, you know, uh, it'll be a, a no-brainer to sign up for 2019. Well, I want to I want to add to that just real quick. Um, so the tour and the things that come along with that in the in the pavilion are very specific to that. So in that kind of expect and i've talked to a lot of the manufacturers that are going to be being be involved with this you know expectation set you're from that area you're only going to see about 50 more people your your admittance the people who usually come your badge wearers right now that is not going to change too much the reason for the architects and those guys coming in is to increase the knowledge with those guys so that they can work better with their integrators and maybe at the same time be turned on to some products that they can go back to their integrators and say, you haven't offered this to me before. I would like this in my projects or that kind of thing. This year, you're not really going to see that many different people, homeowners or even, you know, track builders or the, the, the connected tour is a couple of small groups, very specific, um, so overall, I think the expectations the uh, manufacturers have, they're still going to see the same people, the same qualified leads, um, the same kind of interactions. You know, the only thing they're going to have to be careful for is start looking at badges because there's some people you're going to want to talk about MSRPs and there's some people you're going to want to talk about dealer costs. <laughs> this year will be the test for that. But let me ask you this, because you, you some, I don't know if it was Joe, you or, or Matt, but one of you mentioned the magazine Better Homes and Gardens, right? Mm-hmm. 
that that press outfit that that magazine first of all is a is a legacy magazine it's been around for a long time oh yeah but those readers are not home builders those readers by and large their audience are homeowners and if they start covering this you don't see a, a, a case where a homeowner will go oh you know i'm, I'm building a, a new vacation home or i'm building a new home in my hometown this looks like an interesting trade show and i've never been to san diego or dallas or or, or denver this sounds like something interesting that I would be. I would like. Looks like sounds like something I would be interested in going to. That that's already something that you will see though on the show floor is there will be end users, not not a ton, but there will be end users that show up with their integrator, uh, or occasionally with their designer. Yeah, and they'll walk around. I I met. Um, I can't remember the, his name. Uh, one of the IndyCar car drivers in the Lutron booth. Perfect. Uh, yes, because. Yeah, he, he was, uh, he was building a new home. They were filming it, and he was walking around and seeing what technology he wanted to put into his home. And that's not a – we don't see it to the extent that we see it at Infocom, but you do see it. Um, so, the one thing I'll say about that is, is we actually had this discussion on AV Week last week. The, the, the definition of an end user at Cedia, I, I think, from, from my perspective, is vastly different than the definition. Very of much so. <laughs> <laughs> very well, you, much so you know when you look at like like tim just said better homes and gardens and those the trickle down is not to get end users homeowners to become attendees when the articles come out and all that stuff runs you'll hear about cd expo and a tour but you'll see specifics with brand recognition as far as manufacturer brand yep. and cedia and the concept is within those kind of publications is to direct those end users and home owners to CDA certified professionals to get brand X, Y, and Z installed. Okay. That is kind of, yeah, that's, that is kind of the thought of the end game. That's why I think what Emerald is doing with this is nothing short of brilliance. Yeah. This is going to be very interesting to watch. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story. This comes to us from CE pro Google launches continued conversations, which does nothing but remind me of conversation street. Uh, it is a new feature for Google Home devices, and uh, one of our friends from the UK, which who never will watch this show, would have gotten a kick out of that joke, uh, as Tim kind of did. The big thing with this is this is going to allow you to have, a, lack of a better term, a conversation with your Google Assistant. Uh, it'll leave the microphone open for an additional eight seconds after it uh, answers a question if you have a follow-up. So when you ask a question like, uh, how old is Barack Obama? And Google responds with Barack is 56 years old. You can then follow up with how tall is he? And in theory, it will respond with an answer to that. You don't have to rephrase that question. So when we start looking at this from a home automation control uh, standpoint, the biggest thing will be something to the effect of, okay, Google, turn off the living room and the kitchen lights. And in theory, Google will turn them off opposed to saying, okay, Google, turn off the living room lights and turn off the kitchen lights. Uh, this is this is expected to be a big thing. Right now, it's only open uh, or available in the U.S. Tim, I want to start with you on this. Um, this does seem like a really big feature to be adding in. Uh, a little bit more of that natural language uh, understanding for for Google. But when we look at this, I want I, I want you to answer two things for me. One, does this give Google a significant advantage currently over Alexa because Alexa does not yet have this. 
And two, what does this mean for products like Josh AI, which are currently the big natural language uh, product within our channel? If Google is able to do this and do this well, it's a lot cheaper to buy a Google Mini than it is to buy even the, the Josh Micro, like significantly cheaper. If this does 90% of the same thing, what's it mean? All right, so to answer your first question first, yes, it gives Google an, an incredible advantage. Um, doesn't mean that, that the Amazon and Siri can't come along. I'm using those two because those are the two main competitors. Um, I, I, I'm leaving Cortana out mainly because there's not really a whole lot of home automation systems that are using it. There are a couple. But it gives Google an incredible advantage over, over Alexa and, and over Siri. And honestly, I, it comes out of, from my perspective, it comes out of, of another thing that Google announced, um, and that is their, their virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. And if you've not watched that, just Google it. I apologize. Uh, but <laughs> well, they're, they're, uh, they're, you couldn't they're, say just Bing it? I know. Just I, Bing it. I cannot say that. It, it is not <laughs> my nature to say but that was one of the most phenomenal natural language computers I've ever witnessed in my life where a computer is calling up a, a hair salon, I think, and mm -hmm. made an appointment for Joe Whitaker to get his, his haircut. And the interaction was very natural. It was, it was very, very eerie, actually, as someone who grew up in the, in the 80s and the 90s watching Skynet and, and, um, and Blade Runner to, to see this in action. This is an extension of that, and it's, it's the back end of, of Google. The second part um, is, yes, it, it, it's an incredible problem for Josh, Josh AI, because it is less expensive, and because Google has, I'm going to argue that Google has a, a far more, at least in number, engineers working on this problem than Josh AI does. Mm -hmm. uh, which gives them the advantage uh, in the long run, maybe not the short run, but the long run, it gives them an advantage over Josh AI. Joe, when you look at this, the concern I have is, is this something that is going to instantly work with all those home automation product skills that are out there? Or is this something where we're going to have to maybe not redevelop our skills, uh, but have those skills be refined to, to take, advantage of this natural conversation well you know it's funny it's uh, you know tim just brought up the thing about making a, a, an appointment a hair appointment like you know the video and if i'm not mistaken us three talked about this for resi week so we've had yeah. this discussion before now they've just one upped it <laughs> so you know i'm looking at i've started to, to step away from the looking at the brands that are doing what because if you kind of take all the brands and stick them together, you're starting to see a natural progression in voice. You know, they both release their own thing. Then just not too long ago, um, uh, Amazon with Alexa allowed you to do follow-up questions without having to use the wake word again. So mm -hmm. what's your next transgression? Now your next move is to not only not have to say the wake-up word, but now not have to also do an offer-on command to be able to say turn on this and this or that to be able to add the, you know, the, the if, thens, buts, ors um, into it. So I'm seeing it just as a natural um, a movement into something bigger. And they're just taking turns. So I'm willing to bet uh, Alexa's next announcement, which I don't know, it'll probably happen for CDO, they'll come up with something. They'll have their big announcement, plus it'll do 
what Google's doing right now. And then right around Cedia, Google's going to announce something that does what Amazon just announced, <laughs> plus something else. So I, I'm now stepping away from the brand analytics of it and looking at a technology growth pattern that they're all contributing together. They're all moving the needle forward. And they're, they're, they're taking that, well, this brand's going to beat that brand. This is not freaking VHS and Betamax. Voice is going to be voice, and they're going to continually engineer and grow together. But on to what, Matt, your question was, is shortly after Amazon uh, did that last update, Control 4 did release a new skill yeah. or an updated skill that allows you to speak much more naturally to the control system to be able to do exactly that. Turn on the kitchen lights and this. Or just go, um, you know, Alexa, set my uh, TV to ESPN. Yeah. Instant channel jumps through a control system, not having to use dishes, skill, or anything else. So we're already starting to see that. Did my company have to change any programming? Eh, not so much. We actually went and deleted some heavy macros that we had built to do some of this stuff. And then we just go click and discover and boom, it's done. So, I mean... I, I, I'm no longer worried about the, about the technology. Now I'm actually starting to get really excited because these brands are, instead of fighting, they're just kind of started following suit and engineering in a path, yeah. which you don't see a lot. Well, other than 4K. You saw it with 4K. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's what I think the big deal is. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's go to our likely last story of the day. This comes to us from strategy.com. Uh, TP Vision and BNW partner on a new Philips TV. Uh, this is specifically to Europe. Um, but TP Vision is the principal licensor of the Philips brand for upscale TVs in Europe. And they've partnered with BNW to create uh, some new TVs that will have BNW sound within them. Joe, I wanted to start with you on this one. Um, here, in, here in North America, as a rule, Philips is not the brand you think of when you think of upscale luxury TVs. It just, I can't think of the last time I really honestly saw a Philips TV other than the one that had the weird backlighting built into Ambulite. it. Ambulite, yes, that quasi worked most of the time, somewhat. 2004 or five, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So that's, you know, that's 12, 13, 14 years ago. Uh -huh. When we look at this story, BMW is well known for ultra high end, great sound, uh, great products, great looking products. To me, this is a very weird, very weird mix. Where, where, where would this have come from? I, I, geez, I know you got me. I'm joking. Um, it, it's almost a, it's almost who's trying to save who conversation. Um, being that they're only releasing, you know, initially in the in the in the the EMEA UK mm -hmm. over there market is interesting to me. Other than it's it's a really good test mar market with critical mass. Um, you know th that plays into it well, and this is a very good spin on you know, Martin Logan being in cars, um, Harman Kardon getting into Fiat's. We, we know, we know that this kind of model works. And what's our biggest complaint? You know, speakers and TVs sound like crap. Um, 
you know, Sony toyed with the um, f uh, ferrite fluid type of speakers and other things. So, I mean, we know that putting a good speaker in a TV can kind of reevaluate and rebrand something. One of the things that I thought was hilarious, though, is when you brought up that old Sharp TV, and then I look at um, Ted's article, and I see an updated version of an Ambulite TV. I was like, oh, they're bringing this back. I loved this. Um, but that wasn't the core. <laughs> That wasn't the core of the article. No. So taking a good quality, good brand speaker and using it to reinvigorate a brand that used to be trusted inside the custom market. Because I will tell you personally, I have not sold in a custom market a Philips TV since the Ambulite. I actually have a picture on our Facebook somewhere of one from 2004 or five. But it is a very good strategic business move to follow good branding and audio to reinvent a video category. We've seen this work before, you know, in other markets, maybe it could help both, you know, um, but for it, obviously for it to be, uh, it to be adopted in our market, they're going to have to follow some other people's suits, you know, two way RS-232 drivers or Ethernet control or better smart uh, functionality for us to embrace that. But for the consumer, especially in Europe, putting B&W in there is really not a bad idea. Tim, when I look at this, again, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around why this happens and, and who's going to buy this thing. And I, I got to ask, is B&W enough of a draw, do you think, for the average European consumer? who you and I have, we, we've been over to Amsterdam quite a few times. I've traveled through Germany and, and the UK and they don't, consumerism isn't the same there. You don't see homes with, you know, five 60 inch TVs uh, or apartments with five 60 inch TVs. You see 132 or 124 in the corner. Is the B&W partnership going to be enough to make someone say, Ooh, I really want to go buy that Philips TV. Well, first of all, let's talk about the the B and W brand, and I think that you you hit on the head, and so did so did Joe. It's high end audio, right? It's a high end audio brand, and I think that partnering from from Philips side and NTP side, it was very smart for them to get B and W on board. But Joe hit on something very important as far as developing a product. The European market, you're right. People don't buy five or six TVs in their home by and large, you know, as far as consumerism goes that they buy one good one. And, you know, audio is very important as much as video is. And, and we have all been subjected to really, really cruddy um, flat panel speakers. That's why the, the sound bar market, you know, came to be. So they've got a nice compact product or a market to test this in. And if they're, if, if they can convince folks who again, only purchase one or two TVs primarily in their residence, based on the quality of the audio and the name of, of Philips, the quality name of Philips, then they've got something. And then from there, they can develop and kind of expand out and go from, you know, EMEA to, to North America, where we do buy, you know, uh, four or five, six TVs. But we typically have one good one in our home, not to say that, that we all go out and, and buy cruddy ones for the rest of the house, but we have one main place, one main uh, spot in the house, but that's our main TV, right? Mm -hmm. That's the majority of Americans. And so if, if we as Americans could say, okay, this is, this is our main TV, and we also 
tend to invest in the audio in at least that one main TV. And B&W, again, has a cachet about it, has, has a high quality name about it, then I think they've, they've got something there. Now, what, what they have to deliver on is they have to deliver on both. They have to deliver on the audio, regardless of whether it's the BMW name, that has to sound incredible. It has to match what people expect when they, when they talk about Bowers and BMW. Yeah. But they also, the TV has to be on par with what folks are able to pick up on Amazon or on Best Buy. Now, keep in mind for them to expand into the US or, or North America, they'll have to Inc. a partnership with the other licensee of the Philips brand Here, in, uh, yeah. In, yeah. in North America. All right, gentlemen. Well, the other thing that, you know, one of the important things to consider is, you know, Tim touched on a bunch of them, but we, we also have to consider construction in Europe. So in Europe, you know, in ceiling speakers, there's a lot of reasons why getting audio, why Sonos is so popular over there, um, is getting audio, good sounding audio around a house in the UK, especially retrofit, it's is a very... Hard hard task i mean it's difficult and to be able to take some good bmw speakers stick them in a, a tv where they don't have to do a sound bar or do anything crazy or add on components it's got a big upsell there too in the uk just based on um uh, the way construction is done there yeah it'll be a uh, an interesting thing to watch all right gentlemen thank you so much for joining us joe if people want to connect with you and see what you're doing where can they do that um, they can always find me on social media at Thoughtful Home or at The Thoughtful Home. Um, at either, always find me at Cedia. I'll be at Expo this year. So any of you guys out there watching, see me come up, say hi, hang out. Um, and you can always find me here on Resi Week every once in a while. So yeah, every, every now and again, we, we fit you in. <laughs> Tim, thanks so much for joining us again. If people want to connect with you, where can they do that? Uh, probably the best place is on Twitter uh, at TD Tim David Albright on Twitters. Excellent. Thanks again for myself. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D Scott on Twitter and every other social platform, but more importantly, please stop by aviation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our underwriters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Oh, 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 oh,